welcome. Thank you for joining us on episode one of Innovation Activists, Designing Healthcare's Future. I'm Reed Omery, and today uh, we have a, a terrific first guest, uh, Dr. Bill Stead, who is Vanderbilt University Medical Center's Chief Strategy Officer. Bill helped pioneer the electronic medical record and virtually invented the field of biomedical informatics. Really glad that you're here today. Thank you, Bill. I'd like to start off by asking you a question. Can you share with us a story of how you first got interested in computers and medicine? Reed, I got interested in using computers in medicine back in the late 60s. I was an undergraduate at Duke, and the, there was a research project in the hospital where they were trying to figure out whether how you could use digital computing differently than analog computing, which were then the predominant computer in hospitals. And um, so I worked with that team, which in the end uh, test figured out how to use the computer as a time-lapse camera to capture what we were doing for patients and then to capture long-term outcomes so that you could see how process affected outcomes. How, how big were computers in that era? Uh, in that era, this was one of the, we were working with the Sigma 5, which was one of the early um, mini computers, but it still took a dedicated room with air conditioning that was actually built out onto one of the roofs in Duke Hospital. Wow, and, and what gave you the, the idea to link computers to medicine? That, that project where I was, I was working with people who were in the early stages of trying to, to, to do this. And, and as I watched how people tested how you might use the computer um, in the cardiac care, intensive care unit in the operating room, it was very clear the person that could control that change were the doctors. And so that's where I became interested in computing and medicine. Looking back at that, do you consider that initial foray, that initial project as innovation in healthcare? Yes, it is innovation in healthcare because it fundamentally changed the approach to practice. When that work started, if patients had a heart attack, they would be put at bed rest for several weeks. After we had run the data bank for a few years, um, we were able to um, query it and discover that if you didn't have a complication within the first 12 hours of, of your heart attack, you would not have one until um, you began to clot because you were at bed rest. And that's um, how, as a practice, we learned to get people up um, after 12 hours if they were stable. So a fundamental change in how people practice. How do you define innovation in healthcare? Well, sort of start with what healthcare is. So um, healthcare is a socio-technical system where uh, people, initially um, physician and patient, technology, initially the stethoscope, then some early imaging, would work together to identify a patient's concerns, to figure out what might be causing them, and to figure out how to intervene. So that's what healthcare is. So innovation is how you put pieces together 
differently to um, change paradigms, to change the perception of what's possible in terms of quality, speed, productivity, anything. Change what you think is actually possible. And so in healthcare, that almost always means putting, changing the way people, process, and technology work together is what actually results in, in those kind of paradigm shifts or innovation in healthcare. So, so is in, an invention the same as innovation? Um, an invention is an innovation if it changes the perception. So take how, um, how Apple disrupted the music industry. They took things that existed, flash memory, peer-to-peer -peer networking, e-commerce, put them together to um, en enable them to produce the mobile device, the iPod, and iTunes. Um, they didn't actually have to invent any of that. What they had to do was engineer how to put it together. And it was putting those pieces together that w was the innovation that disrupted a complete music industry. So, so with innovation, there isn't a requirement that any actual component is new. Absolutely correct. You're changing the way you think about putting components together. When there's an initial discovery that we don't know what it's going to do, do you consider that innovation, or is that the first step in it, or what? what, what? I think the first discovery is, is creative, and it produces a new hypothesis, or it produces a new fact. And having a rich stream of such discoveries is a necessary fuel for innovation, but it's not sufficient to create the change in paradigms, change in practice that, that innovation does. I'll give you, an, you know, another example from our work at Vanderbilt of an innovation. It's our predictive pharmacogenomics. When uh, a patient needs a drug where their genes change how they metabolize that drug, you actually need to know their genetic profile before you prescribe the drug. If you come into, um, you have a problem and you need to treat it immediately, you cannot stop and simply do the test and wait for the results to come back. So the, the shift wa that, that was an innovation was to um, develop an algorithm that would calculate the probability that patients would need one of the drugs that, that needed that type of decision support, and then preemptively, in advance, test for the panel of, of genes that would inform downstream when they needed the drug what to do. So it was predictive, multiplex testing in advance. All the pieces of that existed, None of the, but, but they were all being used too late, one drug at a time. So the, the change in the way, uh, you know, change in the technology to multiplex the test, change in the process to, to do the testing predictably up front, and change in the 
um, clinician-patient roles to uh, know how to use the information. That's what resulted change practice. So, so with this example, was the implementation the same as innovation? No. Okay. The, um, the innovation life cycle, in my experience, starts with a concept. Somebody has an idea. How might we put these pieces together? Okay. And then you, then you have to figure out how to test that different combination. Beca because since it takes a com you're changing a, um, several things at w once, um, you've actually got to create a, pr a protected test environment. When you can test that, does that work? Then you've got to say, okay, now that I know it can work in a, in a test environment, how do I implement it into an operation? That's actually the first step of what you would normally think of as implementation. So there are several steps in the innovation life cycle before you get to what people traditionally think of as implementation. By the time you implement something, you really should have a pretty good understanding of what it is that you're implementing. When you start innovation, the concept development, you're going to do rapid cycle, how about this, how about this, how about this, and you'll fig quickly figure out the first several won't, won't get you there until you have one, aha, this can work. Then you begin to move it down the, the chain, but you've got to do the test and so forth before you would be ready to try to implement it. And if I understand you correctly, that rapid cycle process is a series of iterative steps where you learn by trying something? Iterative cycles. Okay. It's what in engineering is called the spiral development methodology. In your experience, when you hear the term innovation in healthcare, do you experience different people having different definitions of it? Yes. Um, there many people will simply think a creative discovery is innovation, whether anybody figures out how to, to coordinate, how to put the results of that discovery, discovery together with other things to actually change practice. And, you know, I limit my definition of innovation to um, things that change paradigms, change, change change practice. So it's always putting several things together. And it's a very different, it's a very different thought process. If you're doing research, you've got to carefully figure out the hypothesis and figure out how to test the hypothesis. It, it, it isn't a right rapid cycle, trial, fail, trial, fail, trial, fail, trial, fail, succeed before we you know, run out of time and money. If we, um, um, once you go through that process, you can then do, use research methodologies to, uh, to, to understand why it works or to understand what its effect is. But, you've, but, but the fundamental iterative um, spiral development cycle of, of, informatic, of, of innovation is different from the more reductionist um, research methodologies. Do, do you think there is any value for healthcare as a whole if we could uh, align this concept of innovation and have uh, more of us in healthcare consider it in the terms you do? 
I think it, it, it would be helpful if we could come up with a way of talking about it where we, where we had some agreement on what we were talking about. I think the challenge is I don't want to disempower the, the, the creative people who are doing the fundamental discovery and the other forms of research that we're going to need the results of to have what we need to assemble things differently. So, um, so it's not, it would be helpful if we could have a common definition as long as that definition doesn't become we versus them with other people. That would defeat the game. How do we create a, a culture where there's comfort, actually not even just a comfort, even better uh, enthusiasm for making these links in this, this cycle of innovation? Well, the, you know, the medical center took the relatively bold step um, in 2009 of actually creating an innovation pillar um, as one of its the, the ways we measure success. So, um, so we've got innovation sitting there right beside, you know, quality, service, people, growth, and finance as a as its own pillar, and um, and we, you know, continually working at how we talk about it, how we measure it, and um, so that is part of, of ending up with a culture that, um, that values innovation. Have you seen, you know, in your decades of experience, greater change in medicine or greater change in computers? The digital ecosystem is a greater change than we've seen in the health ecosystem. So it's not the changes in the computer per se, but it's in fact the convergence of computing, communication um, uh, into um, a digital ecosystem and e-commerce. I mean, so we've not had that kind of transformation of, of health. And, and I think that that's now got to happen if we're going to you know, really improve the problems we're having with health outcomes today. Are there any uh, suggestions you have for listeners to to get more involved in innovation in healthcare? Well, I think the the thought that I have is is be very open to trying to put pieces together differently, which in essence means you've, you've got to work with partnerships. So um, we've got to get out of our silos and, um, and we've got to, to get our hands dirty, getting into other people's spaces and understand how they're working and vice versa so that we can understand how to put the pieces together differently. That just sounds really exciting and uh, a lot of fun. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no question that I've been at this for um, several decades, and I still get up in the morning full of enthusiasm for, for um, not, not only how much fun it is, but how much of a difference it can make when we put the pieces together. Well, Bill, we're, we're just so, so honored to have you as our first guest on Innovation Activists, Designing Healthcare's Future. Really appreciate your time and many, many insights. 
And so for the listeners out there, please share your definition of innovation in healthcare with me on Twitter at Reed Omery. Very open to your also experiences. We really do want to build a community of innovation activists so we can create a better future for healthcare. So stay tuned for our next episode of Innovation Activists. Look forward to seeing you next month.